So dear brothers and sisters, anybody who's ever worked with, with young people, with, uh, with children, with teenagers, you can often see, uh, even in a child, you can see often where their life is heading towards. It's kind of a, a, an unfortunate reality at times, but the kids who look a little more maybe neglected or the kids who are a little unruly uh, in their early years will generally follow suit in their teenage years and follow suit into their adulthood. So often, like when we do retreats here, you know, your heart will go out to, to, to some of the kids where you can just see, wow, if they don't get, if there isn't an intervention here, like if there isn't a, a positive influence here fairly soon, um, this, this child might, might have a, you know, a difficult run of things. I mean, we're not, not blaming anybody per se, but it's, it's just, you just see like things are going to be more difficult for them. You know, if, if, if they go through life with an attitude like that, well, I mean, they're going to be, it's going to be hard to employ them. Uh, they, they won't be responsible. They won't take responsibility for, for anything and therefore can't be given responsibility. Therefore, what are they going to do? Name a job where you don't have to be responsible. I mean, even street cleaning, you have to be responsible and, you know, clean the street and put your brush back and empty bins and put the bins back. I mean, whatever you do like it, you have to be responsible. So, so often, as I say, when you, see, when you see children, you can see a, a trajectory that, that, that they're on, which is... Which is, which is dangerous, or which is, well, say, which is difficult, and this is something which uh, I guess, in a way, see, none of us are exempt from, because whatever experiences we've had in our childhood, they 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 shape or they form or they kind of direct our adulthood. Now, our experiences can work for us or against us. Uh, again, we're not machines, so these things aren't just mechanical. If you, if you receive something good, it makes you good. If you receive something bad, it makes you bad. It doesn't work that way. We're not mechanical. So this is where grace and, and, and God come into our lives, where something good happens. What the Lord wishes or wants is that this will draw us closer to his heart in gratitude. So we receive something good from the Lord, and this draws us back to him so we've been blessed by him, and then we're, we're, we recognize the, 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 the giver of that blessing, and we return praise to him. Now, the more difficult one is, is when adverse things come our way, when uh, failure comes our way, our illness. And we've been meditating this quite a lot, I think, over the last, over the last month, maybe. Uh, is that even in those circumstances, that we learn in them to count on the Lord. So say, for example, spiritual aridity comes your way and now you're praying and you're just kind of getting nothing back. It just feels like you're calling into a void, you know? And you say, Lord, I walk by faith but not by sight. I will, keep, I will keep calling out to you. I will keep trusting you. I know you're here. I know this is one of those moments like Jesus on the cross where he calls out, Father, Father. You know, so at, at times there are those times of, of aridity. What, oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So there can be difficult times. You know, there can be times when it's a bit lonely in the faith. <clears throat> there can be times when there's illness or bereavement or loss. I mean, I'm talking to someone at the moment who is such a, such a mess at home, such a mess at home, where, where unfortunately her, her parents, who are adults, obviously, don't know how to behave as adults. They just don't know how to take responsibility and grow up. Uh, and the consequences on, on, on the kids are, can, be, can be very, very difficult. And this is where it's the can be. Like, when something bad happens, how do I react? When something bad happens, do I go to the Lord? I heard an expression there during uh, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, and I thought it was very, very helpful. The unmet needs of our childhood, the unmet needs of our childhood are the demands of our adulthood. The unmet needs of our childhood are the demands of our adulthood. 
So if as a child I had unmet needs, I had a desire for love, a desire for affection, a desire for affirmation, a desire to be, to, to feel special, just to feel wanted, whatever it was. You know, if you came from a big family and maybe you were the kind of in the middle, you know, what was it, that, that third child syndrome, where you know, the first child, that's where all the, 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 the rules are tried out on. You know, so the first child always gets it hardest, right? You'll be in bed on time and you'll scrub the floors and you'll wash the bathroom every Saturday and, you know, they, they, all the rules are applied. And second child, um, usually a bit easier because you see, maybe, look, I mean, I don't know, it has to be quite so hard. I'm the second child, actually, in my family. Whoops. Um, so things are a little easier. And, 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 and by the time the third child comes along, there's enough to do with the first the first two, and third child seems to, maybe, I don't know if things are a little easier on them again, but they tend to be kind of the rebellious one. And that's not actually the case in my family. The third child in my family is my brother, and he's just epic. He's such a virtuous guy. Uh, but I'm looking at my, my sisters. My, one of my sisters has, has three. My, my brother has three, and their third child. You know, a Tasmanian devil. Have you, ever, have you ever seen Taz back in the day? Just like, mm, <laughs> just... <laughs> Just, just wants to break everything. <laughs> oh, wonderful children. I get to walk away. Um, but they are hilarious. They're, they're such good kids. Uh, but but the, yeah, third child syndrome. So, so, so say, for example, yeah, as a third child you felt, or any child, any, uh, coming anywhere in the family, whatever your circumstances were, you just felt neglected or you felt like you had to kind of scream for attention. Sometimes you see this as well. Sometimes we see this here in Holy Family. A person always feels the need to kind of Hi, I'm here, it's me. Can everyone see me? Good. <laughs> that kind of desire to be seen, right? Uh, which can come from the circumstances where in a family you had lots of loud brothers and sisters and everyone's kind of shouting for your parents' attention and the only way you could get attention maybe was by acting up. If you break something, then you get attention. So you see it in a lot of kids like where, where negative, negative attention is better than no attention at all. Negative attention is better than no attention. You often see kids who are in trouble and they actually kind of like getting in trouble because it means then that at least the, the principal will talk to them. <laughs> now the principal will give out to them, but at least that's better than being ignored. That's better than not existing. It's better than, me, than being one of 30 kids in a class. So the, what's that? It's, it's, it's an unmet need. Do you know, I want to be seen. I want to be special. I want to be chosen. I want to be loved. That's where it all comes from. But again, you fast forward, then the unmet needs of our childhood are the demands of our adulthood. You bring that into your adulthood, and it's, it can be quite dangerous, because now you, know, you, have, you have freedom, you have money, you have a job, but you also have responsibility. And if those unmet needs are still there, if they're still, if they're still glaring holes in your heart, but now as an adult... You try to fill them with addiction, you try to fill them with, with superficial relationships, so you try to fill them with money, or whatever it is. Now you're going to start hurting people around you. Because as, as, as a child, you know, you don't have responsibility. As an adult, you absolutely do. So the unmet needs of our childhood are the demands of our adulthood. If we, if we, if we can recognize, if we can recognize what the unmet needs of our hearts are, and that should be something we can do during Lent, because things hopefully are a little quieter or a little simpler during these weeks. So if we can recognize what those unmet needs are and bring them to the Lord. And, and like all sorts of things can come up. Because I mean, everyone's story is different. Everyone's family is different. And then everyone's sensitivities are different. So this isn't mechanical. Again, it's not that if you had an alcoholic dad, then you're going to have all these problems. It's not that simple. We don't 
but sometimes, sometimes yeah, having a, an absent dad affects the three children in a completely different way. Maybe one was older and almost had left home anyway, so they didn't notice the difference. The youngest child might have taken it the hardest. The middle child might have been very sensitive or might have been very indifferent. So again, everyone's affected differently by the same circumstance. So it's not mechanical. That's why it's so important to, to know our own hearts and bring our hearts as they are to God. Because there is no textbook for this. There's no, I'd say it's not like put it input these stimuli and you get these, these results. It, just, it doesn't work that way. Where is your heart? How is your heart? What are the wounds of your heart? What is the, 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 the journey of healing that the Lord wants to take you on? What are those unmet needs? Keep in mind, the Lord wants to make us whole and give us life and life to the full. This is his plan, not mine, not, not the church's. It, it, it's delegated to the church to, to continue this, this healing ministry in the world. But not just kind of physical healing through hospitals or deliverance ministry, healing and, and confession, healing of the soul, important as they are. Like, if I don't know what, what makes me tick, pardon the expression, but if I don't know what's, what's going on or what's stirring me or what's motivating me, if I don't recognize what the roots are for, for my behavior or maybe for my self-destructive behavior, if I don't recognize what those roots are, they will continue into adulthood and they will hurt other people. They say in, 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 in psychology, hurt people, hurt people. So people who are hurt will hurt others. Hurt people, hurt people. So again, it's, it's, not, it's not that they don't mean to go out and hurt people, but if, if you're hurt, you, you carry those wounds into your family. And, you know, you, you meet moms who, uh, I won't go into details, but parents who, who haven't grown up and who still have these hurts. And again, you think of traditional Ireland as well, where there were so many families blighted by alcoholism. You know, there, there, there's these, these enormous hurts that men especially had no idea how to deal with. No idea, no idea what to do with them. They just had these hurts of loss, or maybe they suffered violence themselves, or just wounds and hurts, no idea how to fix them, what to do with them, where to go with them, shove it all down and try and drown it. That was the solution, with horrendous consequences. So this is important. Because that, that cycle of, of destruction doesn't actually have to continue. It doesn't. Just because our, our families, our, 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 our home scenarios were less than ideal, it does not mean that I have to carry that on. And none of us want to do it deliberately. But if our unmet needs remain unmet and unhealed, invariably those wounds will continue. I mean, you look at certain places, you know, every city has them, these... these the parts of a city that aren't considered very good, you know. It's this, this cycle of, of kind of unemployment and poverty and relying on the state system, and, and no one ever actually comes out of it. They, or with great difficulty, they come out of it. So it doesn't actually have to be that way. This cycle of, of pain, the cycle of destruction, the cycle of degeneration, the cycle of addiction doesn't actually have to continue. It doesn't. So you and I today, what can you and I do today to recognize these unmet needs and bring them to the Lord in this season of, of 
of simplicity, the season of pairing things back, the season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, through prayer, through fasting, so it's a way of tempering my, my addictive side, and then almsgiving, generosity, thinking of others. Not, it's not all self-focused, but I, I, I want to bring my heart to the Lord. I want to be healed. I want to be whole so that I can be a good priest, a good mother, a good father. Because these things don't just disappear. You can push them down, you can bury them, you can distract yourself, but they don't ever go away. And they say time is a great healer, but I think anybody who's ever uh, suffered like interior pain, time doesn't change much at all. Time, if you just leave a wound alone, the wound will heal itself in your body. Wounds of the heart and soul, no, they, they, they don't. They don't heal, they don't just go away. You can learn to carry them, like say, you know, grief, someone in your, as, as if for most of us, our parents will, will die at some point. Uh, and you, while that's sad, you can learn to carry it and you can learn to get on with your life. I mean, it's, it's still a sadness you'll carry with you. But we're able to carry that and, and, and get on with our lives. But some of these wounds from our childhood, they, they, just, they just sit there. They just sit there because they're never addressed. They're never looked at. They're locked away in a back room. The door is shut. And they sit there and they fester. And this is part of our heart that we don't want to go near. And that's exactly where the Lord wants to go this Lent. Into those dark recesses, into those areas of our hearts that we hide. Into those areas of our hearts that we're ashamed of. The areas of our hearts that we're embarrassed by. The areas of our hearts that cause guilt, that cause fear. Very often people who are afraid of all sorts of things afraid of the dark and afraid of moving things at night and afraid of spiders and afraid of, I don't know, ants or cats or dogs or everything. And people who have a lot of these kind of phobias, there's something else going on. There's something else. There's a fear. There's a, a deeper fear in there. And recognizing what that fear is and bring it out into the light, like most fears, we recognize that with the Lord, with the Lord, there is nothing we can't overcome. With the Lord, there is nothing we cannot overcome. That's a lot of negatives. With the Lord, we can overcome everything. With the Lord, we can overcome. He's God. He's God. He really has this. He really does. If we let him in, if we give it to him, he can heal it at a pace that you're able to man. At a, a pace that you're able to, to to handle. He doesn't do violence. He doesn't just rip out what needs to go. He he he, he works gently in us and. I was going to say unfortunately, it's not really unfortunately, but the way to healing is, is, is through the difficulty, not around it. He doesn't just make it disappear. That would be nice, but the way to grief isn't just pretend the person never existed and get on with life. The way to grief is, is to, to go through those various stages of anger and denial and bargaining and so on. But then you eventually we get to a place of acceptance. They're gone. And that, that might be a mourning a, a, a person, it might be mourning a, a friendship, it might be mourning, a, a, you know, if you move house and then, you know, all of your old friends and everything, is, that situation is now gone and you miss it. But with the Lord, we can overcome everything. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So, today, let us, if we can at all, take some time in silence to look at our hearts as they are, to look at our unmet needs, the unmet needs of our childhood. And can we, if we can bring them with confidence to the Lord, confident that he knows what to do,
and confident that whatever he asks me to do in order to, to, to bring about this healing, that, that it will work and that, it, that there's, there is light at the end of the tunnel because he is the light. We're walking towards him. So may the Lord meet our every need. May he heal us so that we can live as whole adults, as healed adults, as compassionate, faithful, loving, giving, generous, virtuous men and women. A humbled and contrite hard Lord, you will not spurn. Amen.